Coming up on today's show, Casey Maggio is the latest politician to throw around over-the-top rhetoric while accusing other politicians of throwing around over-the-top rhetoric. Banff makes the hard decision to ask tourists to stay away, and UCP MLA Drew Barnes defends his anti-restriction stance. If you take a look at what's going on um, around the situation and the pandemic and the restrictions and all the rest of the things, it's really turned into a, a, a nasty situation. In the past few days here on the show, we've talked about how our politicians are hurting uh, rather than helping us navigate our way through to the end of this pandemic. The Premier was on the show not all that long ago talking about uh, how supercharged the rhetoric and the political posturing has become and how it's deepened the divide between Albertans, pushed us deeper into that us versus them bickering at a time when just a little bit of unity could really, really go a long way. We brought NDP MP Heather McPherson on the air last week to ask her about some of her comments. Uh, she characterized the Premier as a stumbling, bumbling, unmitigated disaster in the House of Commons, no less. And then she went on to say this about our Prime Minister. And you know, the Prime Minister saw this coming. He has watched this happening in Alberta and he has done nothing because he would rather watch Alberta burn than help Jason Kenney. She came on the air and defended those comments on the show. Yesterday, we talked about Mayor Nahid Nenshi in Calgary going on a national news program and saying this about anti-restriction protesters. And by the way, those people at those anti-mask protests, let's not kid ourselves. They're not people who need to eat. They are people who are marching in thinly veiled white nationalist supremacist anti-government protests, and they don't deserve that kind of sympathy. He didn't apologize for that sweeping broadside either. In fact, he doubled down on it and apologized for saying uh, it was thinly veiled. He should have said it's not thinly veiled at all. They're completely out in the open. That was his comment. Well, now the province's justice minister, Casey Maddow, has got into the partisan attacks again while accusing others of playing politics. In a Facebook response about Alberta's restrictions, he claims that the NDP, the media, and the federal liberals want to see a full-blown disaster in Alberta, where people are gasping for air in field hospitals. It's, it's totally ridiculous. It's also completely hypocritical. How can you, while accusing your opponents of using supercharged rhetoric to further their political fortunes, use supercharged rhetoric to further your own political fortunes without the slightest sense of embarrassment? I don't know how that works. We deserve better from our leaders, all of them. Really, this is entry-level politics. It's finger-pointing and flag-waving, and it's totally untethered from reality. Um, no ideas being presented, no thoughtful consideration of the situation and how to improve our lives. It's just knee-jerk, us-versus-them garbage. It doesn't serve us as citizens. It serves them as it galvanized the warring factions climate that we're in. It steals the base, but at what cost? That division is a big part of why we're in such a predicament in Alberta right now. Our leaders created it, and they're continuing to encourage that division. We need to demand more from them, demand that they do something to help the situation instead of hurt the situation. Now, we've asked the minister to come on the show today and talk to us about this, but so far, haven't heard anything back. We'll let you know how that goes. We do have time. If the minister wants to join us today, we'd be delighted to talk to him about this. When was the last time that you heard a location that relies almost entirely on tourism tell tourists to stay away? Kind of unheard of, and that is the position that Alberta's beloved Banff finds itself in right now. As the third wave of the pandemic 
really causing problems in that region. The mayor of Banff, Karen Sorensen, joining us now to talk about just what's going on there. Um, mayor, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure, Shay. Um, why don't you just get an update on what the situation is in your community? We heard all kinds of things, and we know Banff, uh, one of the hardest-hit parts of the province. What's the current situation as of this morning there? Well, we are pleased to see our case count starting to go down. It actually has gone down quite significantly in the last week. We would, based on the criteria, still be considered a hot spot. Mm -hmm. And certainly uh, within the last couple of weeks, we were very, very concerned and we're, you know, right with Fort McMurray in terms of being one of the top two locations in terms of cases per 100,000. We don't have, when people hear our case count, it doesn't sound like a lot, but we just don't have a very big population and we're a very small community, so it impacts us differently. So good to hear there's some, there's some positive developments there and things seem to be headed in the right direction, but just in terms of the community and the businesses that operate there and all those sorts of things, how has it affected them over the past month or so? It's devastating. We, you know, the the best term we can use right now is that businesses are, I would say, limping uh, along, um, while Banff does seem to be doing a bit better in this third wave. We know that Alberta, as a province, uh, is still in a very, very serious situation. And so to your comment earlier, we are asking Albertans and people from neighboring provinces for the next uh, couple of weeks, I guess, now to, to, yeah. to stay away. And as you commented, uh, incredibly difficult message to send out. The town of Banff exists to welcome visitors and to provide services for people uh, while they're in the national park. And it's very difficult to send this message, and we hope it is short-lived. Yeah, absolutely. We all do. We all do. No doubt about that. Just tell us a bit of the process that goes into going public and making a statement like that. Like you say, a very, very difficult decision. You know it's going to have a profound impact in the community. What kind of considerations did you make, and what were the factors that led you to believe that that was the, the best thing you could do at this point in time? Well, in the last, you know, week to 10 days, there's been, you know, many council meetings with respect to pandemic as our really only topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. So we stand by and and wait to hear what the province is going to do. We do follow provincial regulations. Last spring, the town of Banff uh, went a little bit further, uh, but at that point, there was only essential services uh, that were open and available in our town. So when we saw these last restrictions, obviously, we, from a business perspective, respect those restrictions. And uh, when we heard the Premier clearly say, stay home, uh, we are following the direction of the Chief Medical Officer and the Premier and are asking Albertans to stay home, not only people coming into Banff, but also asking our residents to stay home. And um, we are, as I said, very hopeful that right after the May long weekend, things will improve dramatically. It's, we, we're all making sacrifices now, and we can ensure Banff, you know, is ready and willing to welcome everybody back. And we just hope that our whole thing right now is hashtag save the summer. You know, Mm -hmm. we we just really, really, really need a summer season here in order to get our businesses, I wouldn't say, you know, in a successful situation, but at least maybe a bit more back on track. Yeah, short-term pain for long-term gain, essentially. Mm -hmm. What was the reaction from your local business community? How did they feel about this announcement? You know, it's varied as it is in, in uh, yes. municipal politics. We get many different opinions in our ears, and certainly I think that some of the businesses are very frustrated. Um, 
maybe not even with the restrictions, but but frankly, with this messaging, it's hard. Our hotels are open, um, and uh, some of our services, of course, are open. But I would like to think, and I do believe, that a majority of our community comes together on this decision knowing that it is the best outcome for the not-too-distant future. We are very optimistic here. We're, we're seeing, as I said, our case count go down. People are getting vaccinated. Banff has had special attention around testing and, and vaccines, which is great. Um, and this is all positive, positive news. And I do believe our community not only sees the light at the end of the tunnel, but in fact is approaching it. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you about the vaccination. I know that the province stepped in and said, hey, we're going to send some targeted vaccination efforts to your community due to the fact that you were a hotspot. How has that worked? I know there were some delays. Has it managed to get to where it needs to now? And are people taking uh, advantage of that? Yeah, things changed so quickly, day by day, but hour by hour. And so we were really delighted when the province first suggested that 30-pluses um, in Banff and Fort McMurray would get the vaccination as soon as possible. And then they moved it to 18-plus. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be the, the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which got delayed. And then somewhere along the line, of course, the province has now opened everybody up everywhere, which is really the best thing we could all hopeful, 12 and up. Um, so I think what happened with uh, people in Banff is uh, because we had the okay to allow 18 pluses to get vaccinated a little bit ahead of the rest of the province. I think a lot of our 18 pluses got appointments quite quickly um, and maybe before the whole opening of the 12 plus happened. Also, uh, they extended, AHS has extended our um, vaccination centre at the Fenlands, which is our recreation centre. We're now doing 500 people a day and it is going steadily for 10 days. So, you know, our hope is that, you know, we can have a high majority of our population vaccinated by uh, Friday. Fantastic. That's excellent. I'm just wondering if you've had any discussion with um, the border communities in the mountains in B.C. who were sort of saying the same thing to their provincial government who are asking people not to travel from Alberta into B.C. They're reporting the same thing, saying, "Okay, we understand what you're saying, but we rely on this. I mean, they're sort of in the same boat as you. Are you reaching out to other municipalities that are sort of going through the same thing? Not directly. We we watched British Columbia very closely. They were sort of just about a week ahead of us in terms of putting some of these additional messages and restrictions in place. Um, of course, Calgary West over the BC border mm-hmm. into the Windermere, Invermere, uh, you know, uh, radium area is a lot of second homeowners. Um, so it's it's a challenge, but we're watching it closely. And I my understanding is BC is also doing better. And uh, really, the virus doesn't recognize borders. So we have to hope that everybody gets healthier very quickly. So you took this this step. Uh, Last question. Uh, Are you optimistic? Like you say, hashtag save the summer. Uh, Let's let's have this short-term pain for long-term gain. Are you optimistic that the conditions that are in place right now with the vaccination and everything else, the summer can be saved for the community of Banff? Last week when I was asked if I was optimistic, I said it was such a mixed feeling. You know, it was this, yes, I'm optimistic, but this is serious and and a lot of concern for the health of our community. Today, I would say I can put, yes, I'm optimistic at the top of that conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm Mostly because we see our case counts starting to decline, so I feel better about our community and our residents and the health of our community. And knowing that those vaccine, vaccination appointments are getting filled and filled quickly, I'm, yeah, I'm just standing in the wings going come on everybody do the right thing and let's let's get back to uh, as much normalcy as we can expect for this summer absolutely yeah we're all hoping for that um mayor thank you so much for joining us this morning i really appreciate your time my pleasure
Thank you. That is Karen Sorensen, who is the mayor of Banff. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, Jason Kenney has faced some pretty fierce criticism in recent months over his handling of this third wave. Uh, Many Albertans said he moved too slow and didn't go far enough to stop the spread of the virus. Others, though, have railed against any attempt at restricting Albertans to, as he calls it, stop the spike. Drew Barnes is the UCP MLA for Cyprus and Medicine Hat. He's been one of the Premier's most vocal and public-facing critics on this, and certainly, definitely among the critics found around the caucus table. Anyway, he joins us now to talk a bit more about what's going on. Uh, Mr. Barnes, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Good morning, Jay. Yeah, I know we, we've chatted before, and even before last week's round of restrictions uh, were brought in, you were you were opposed to the restrictions the Premier had brought in. So I don't imagine you've had a change of heart with what we saw last week. No, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I'm in my third term. I'm honoured to represent Albertans in Cypress Medicine Hat. And, and many have reached out to me since the, the latest uh, restrictions being tightened a week ago. And, Shay, I'm, I'm kind of hearing five things. Uh, Albertans are saying that their voices aren't being heard. They they have some questions that they want to see more more cost benefit analysis of the study. You know they they want to see some some evidence and some proof as to the these lockdowns are, are the regulations are actually working and and where they're working and and what the spread is from certain areas, but particularly gyms and patios have, have been hit hard. Um, you know they're asking for transparency and fairness, and uh, you know it's a uh, you know this kind of situation, regulations, lockdowns, whatever you want to call it, wasn't designed for 15 months. And then there's a lot of Albertans out there that care deeply about each other, want to protect all the vulnerable and all the compromised, but are fully aware that, uh, you know, the cost-benefit analysis of this has a has a downside as well. And, uh, you know, I said it on your call call last time, you know, here in Cyprus Medicine Hat, we're dealing with some other big, big crisis from mental health to overdoses to spiritual health, to our, our economic health. Uh, physical is a concern, and uh, th- these are what people are reaching out to since uh, since last week. You know, you mentioned the evidence, and I, I, I raised this with the Premier when I chatted with him last. Um, you know, it would certainly think, I think, serve him well to say, here is the evidence uh, of why we're doing what we're doing. Now, you're in government. You're around the caucus table. Have you not been presented with any evidence to say, this is the step we're taking and this is why? Well, no, there, there's... You know, there's different parts of evidence at different times. Um, so there, you know, there's di- there's different ways to look at that. But just look at some of the evidence that's come out in the last little while. Uh, I'm, you know, Professor Allen, a, a professor from Simon Fraser University, put out a great study saying the cost-benefit analysis of lockdowns is from three to 280 times the, the cost that much greater than the benefit. Uh, a lot of people have put out 
studies showing that physical health and gyms and their importance and keeping us healthy give us a way better chance if, if we unfortunately are, are afflicted with COVID. Uh, the Canadian uh, Pediatric Society came out today calling on the Ontario government to, to open up all outdoor sports for kids. They're very concerned about the mental health aspects uh, of, of um, what's happening to families and children, and, and, and rightfully so. So, so Shay, you know, there, I, I get some real clear information uh, 15 months into this, and people are, are saying, hey, you know, where's some of the cost-benefit is showing that, that this is doing as much damage as good, especially if you're affected with uh, mental health or, or physical health. Yeah, I understand that. I, I agree with you. There, there, there's definitely uh, implications from bringing in restrictions mm-hmm. and things like that. I guess the question I have for you then is, what would what would you do? Surely you don't want to just stand back and, and let things run their course. I mean, good heavens, we're seeing what's going on in India, what happened in Ontario. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we've seen what happens when we don't do anything and just say, oh, mental health is more important. Let's just see how this plays out. We end up in a bad situation. What What would your solution be here? Well, I, I think we can learn from other jurisdictions. So, so let's start there. Um, for example, I understand, let's use Texas as the first example. If you're asymptomatic but diagnosed with COVID in Texas, you're immediately assigned to one of 35 clinics where they start you on some kind of treatment, where they start start the healing process. I, I've heard of many instances here in Alberta, Shay, where that doesn't happen. You You get a message to come back when you're sick. Now, there are some exceptions to that, that's for sure, but... but a more you know process like that would would be important, I believe. Okay. Patios and gyms are, are another great story. Like like people are saying to me, you know, business people that just spent tens of thousands building a patio that are now shut down yep. have come to me and said, you know, we, show me where the cases are coming from from outdoor patios. Uh, you know, show me. You know, gyms are the same. We we talked about how physical physical health is important. I also think you know, 15 months into this, I was talking to a senior the other day who hadn't seen her best friend in, in 13 months. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we need, you know, th- there's a lot of fear out there. And, and, and I think that some, you know, some, some more evidence, some more transparency, um, some more, you know, you know, some more opportunity for Albertans to be engaged, for, for their voices to be heard, would be good for us all. Um, you mentioned Texas, and, and everybody mentions Texas. And, you know, it's an interesting discussion. Our, we, we, we've had about 2,000 deaths from COVID so mm-hmm. far. They've had well over 50,000. And they're only about six times our population. So mm-hmm. um, we, we could scale that up by a magnitude of six. That's acceptable? You'd be okay with um, increasing our death toll and our hospitalizations by the rate of six? No, of course, of course, that's not acceptable. And and uh, but again, you know, like when you look at Texas opened up about two months ago when their vaccination rate, I understand, was at twelve percent. Um, look at the disaster the Canadian government's been there. We only three percent of Canadians are, are fully vaccinated now. Uh, you know, compared to America, which is almost forty forty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since Texas opened up, their number of positive cases has, has declined a lot. And uh, and again, back to the idea of, of their treatments. And, you know, yeah, this has been a learning process for sure. But, you know, unfortunately, at the start, what was maybe not fully understood is, is all the effects on long-term care and the compromised on, on those things. And, uh, you know, and, and so somewhat of a learning experience, but I think to pull all the, the comparisons together, we'd have to have a full-blown discussion about that. Um, the other one you keep talking about is gyms, and, and I know it's been really, really hard on gyms, but you want to talk about evidence. We know that at a gym in Quebec, 
Um, there were more more than 200 cases acquired directly within that gym and several hundred more traced back to that gym throughout the community. They say that was the key driving factor behind Quebec's uh, city's most recent crisis when it comes to COVID. So there is evidence showing that gyms can be spreaders. Yeah, well, thousands of gyms across Alberta, thousands of gyms across Canada. And of course, of course, that's one. And that's very, very unfortunate for everybody that was affected there. But I've seen gym people, I've seen small business people bend over backwards mm-hmm. to social distance, to keep their premises clean and safe. Um, you know, I, you know I, I give Premier Kenny lots of credit for a few months ago when he said that one of the pivots was when this first started, that one of the guidelines was used was uh, essential versus non-essential. And, and a different pivot, a better pivot was safe versus non-safe. And, uh, you know, there's, there's still many, many instances, uh, you know, the big box stores are a perfect example, where where there's a lot of people in there and uh, people have found a way to make things happen. And I just think that, uh, you know, gyms and, and getting together, spiritual health um, needs a higher priority in the cost-benefit analysis. With the way things are in, in our province right now, we do have the highest case counts in the country. Our hospitalizations are growing up a big jump in ICUs yesterday. Um, and we're also seeing, you know, more and more dug-in militant positions being taken, leading to a number of arrests on the weekend and fines, increased enforcement. Do you regret your stance at all along the way? Do you think you contributed to this whole us versus them and let's dig in and, and fight this out um, position that Albertans have found themselves in? No, absolutely not. I I think I've given Albertans a voice and an avenue to tell me their ideas, maybe vent their frustrations. Uh, given me a chance to to tell Premier Kenny and and, and the cabinet uh, what, what I'm hearing. You know, our again, I'm grateful and I'm honored that I'm one of 87 Albertans paid to represent 4.4 million Albertans, and and people need the legislature is the place. The government is the place where ideas get debated, where ideas get discussed about, and and I think that we're all stronger when when people like me, MLAs like me, speak up with what they're hearing, speak up with counter ideas. Hey, Shay, we're 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 stronger when the media, the fourth estate, is is more involved in letting letting know what's happening as well. So I'm I'm grateful that I have the chance to speak up on behalf of Albertans. How does it work, though, with the message of we're all in this together, and the only way we're going to get through this is pulling together? When you are immediately pulling apart from what um, the government and the chief medical officer of health is doing, does that not just drive a wedge into that whole narrative of, hey, we're going to have to pull together to get through this? I mean, we've seen other jurisdictions do it. Yeah, no, again, I I would think not. I would think that uh, Albertans are glad that their ideas through me are being presented. You know, when, you know, thousands of Albertans have reached out to me and said, thank you, and and here's another idea or a different idea or whatever, so so I'm grateful for that. Um, You know, Albertans every day come to me and and wonder why we spend $23 billion a year in health care and we haven't done more to to surge up our ICU capacity. Uh, I think I'm seeing some of that starting to happen. At least we're starting to hear about it. So that's a great thing. Maybe that's an example of ideas being being listened to and presented. And uh, you know, it, and, and the idea we're all in this together. You know, um, 4.4 million Albertans were were all willing to to work together and, and help the compromise. Absolutely. 
but we all are are a little different and unique. And 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 one of the concerns that Albertans have is fairness. They they want to get through this safe, and and they want to be as fair as possible. And uh, no two no two situations are exactly the same. Yeah, there's there's absolutely a, a multitude of uh, different approaches out there. Uh, one last thing before I let you go. We're now we're in the middle of the, the vaccination campaign, and we've been told by the premier that that is the path out. That that's how we're going to get through here. Um, you know, medical experts seem to agree. We're seeing that happen in the UK. They had zero deaths yesterday. You mentioned Texas with their vaccination rate uh, and how it's managed to bring down cases there and across the United States. Um, Do you fully support the government's efforts to get as many Albertans vaccinated as possible? Is that something you are recommending for Albertans to get on board the vaccination program? Well, my my staff has been great. We've had lots of people in Cypress Medicine Hat come to the office. They've been unable to get their vaccination or secure their second one. It's been frustrating to me that, you know, people have come here and said they got their first shot and the the supply wasn't there for their second one. I know some people that have gone to America and only got their first shot because the pharmacy had their second one already secured for them. So my staff has worked very, very hard. We've been absolutely great in in helping people uh, get get into the vaccination process. Absolutely. Um, The question was, do you recommend Albertans get vaccinated? Yeah. Okay. So you you think that's... Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to your family. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, Mr. Barnes, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. That's MLA Drew Barnes, the UCP MLA for Cyprus Medicine Hat. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us.